It's December 4th, 2013. You're listening to the Backhand Shelf Podcast. Today we're joined by Daryl Ray, the Dallas Stars color analyst. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about Tyler Sagan's injury, Antoine Roussel's antics, and the Henrik Lundqvist signing. Should be fun, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Backhand Shelf Podcast uh, for December 4th. My name is Justin Bourne, and I am pleased to be joined by the Dallas Stars color analyst, Daryl Razor Ray. Mr. Ray, how are you today? Well, I've arrived now, Justin. I'm on this. Yeah. Oh, I listened to read you on Twitter, so now I've arrived. This is, uh, I'm sure, the absolute uh, pinnacle of your career. Uh, <laughs> um, are you guys, uh, you guys are coming off a pretty big game last night in Chicago. Are you still in Chicago? No, we're in Toronto. Uh, flew here last night, got in, went to bed about three, and uh, yeah, I mean it was it was a needed win, and the manner in which they went about their business was a little conventional, uh, to say the least. Yeah. But- the, uh, they, got a good, they, have a good goalie. they have a very good goalie, Justin. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. What were the shots? It was fifty to eighteen. Do I have that right? You got it right. That yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not exactly ideal. So I thought uh, you'd hopefully be able to fill us in a little bit on all things Dallas Stars since we haven't had you on this year. And I'm actually I find your team to be easily one of the most interesting teams this year, just based on the changes and the potential for that group there. So I thought just off the top, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how the this whole summer overhaul has changed things in Dallas. Does it just feel different this year? You know what it does. End of last season, really the last game of last season in a very awkward manner, I might add. Mm. Uh, when it was announced during the game, the finale in the regular season against Detroit, that uh, Jim Neal was going to be the new general manager, it, it seemed like it was abrupt and awkward publicly, but, um, you know, b- b- behind closed doors, it was ar- already decided. And so Jim Neal came in, and uh, I think July 4th was the the literally the fireworks down there when the trade was made with the Boston Bruins and, mm-hmm. and bringing Tyler Sagan in and that that in itself uh, really changed the the dynamics of this group and when you coupled that with a complete overhaul of their jerseys and there was just a, a freshness and buoyancy that that came into the organization after you know we survived three four really four years of bankruptcy mm-hmm. um and watching the fan base erode and and really floundering as as a group and then all of a sudden tom Gillardi comes in they make changes in the hockey department they make change changes uh as far as what the team looks like and then some changes on the ice and this is going to be great immediately uh, you know they're they're a fun group to follow and and they have their moments, but I, I don't think the stars are a legitimate uh, you know upper echelon team for a couple more years. You don't. I, I mean, it's interesting. You know, I wonder if maybe they wouldn't be in the Eastern Conference or you know that just <laughs> good point. <laughs> you know, it's. I actually think they have a, quite a good group there, but it is uh, is a little bit different. So, um, you know, we'll go with a, a couple more general questions before we get into specifics because there is some players on your roster that. 
you know, you guys don't get a ton of the, let's say, NBC games. So you don't, you know, we're not always fully familiar with some of these guys are. But for general questions, um, I just want to know how, what's general perception been like, a reaction to the jerseys? Does everyone love them? Is it like unanimous? Yeah, they do. I, I mean, you're always going to get a little pushback from uh, people that that have been around and, and think that it, it should always stay the same. And um, the, the reality, though, I, I sat in on, on, most of the meetings when we went through all this stuff, there were 126 different Jersey concepts Jeez. that, that the group went through. Tom Gillardi was very involved uh, in it. I mean, it's a big step, right? You step in and change a logo and your, your colors. Uh, but he was adamant. He didn't want to go away from green because we had everything from uh, golds and blues to red, white, and blue to right. black to Cowboys colors and, and you name it. So I think for the most part, uh, it's, it's been widely uh, praised uh, around the league in that it, it looks really good. That green victory green really pops on television. I'm sure you've, you've seen it and, and would agree with that. Yeah, and uh, you know, the logo the, that, that seems to be the thing that, that most people have a bit of an issue with, but I really don't. It looks much better up close probably than it does from distance. Yeah. No, I think they're really great. Well, that's that's good to hear. I know uh, for me, they definitely have come back on my radar. There was a few years there where it felt like Dallas sort of was disappearing from the NHL. You know, they just weren't as as everywhere. So I want to talk about some of the young kids on this team. First off, last night, Antoine Roussel last night. Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> was that remotely correctly? I don't know. But, um, I mean, okay, he had an amazing tilt with Andrew Shaw, a lot of hate in there, and then he scores a penalty shot winner, you know, crossbar down, gives the business to the fans. Who the hell is Antoine Roussel? <laughs> exactly. You know what? He, he's a phenomenal story. Yeah, he's, a, he's a guy that was born in France, played over there until he was uh, 15. I think his family moved to, uh, to Quebec. And then he plays his, his hockey there. But, I mean, he's, he's out of France, played for their national team, uh, national junior team at one point. And I, I remember the first time during the lockout, I went down and watched the, the Stars Farm team in, in Cedar Park in Austin. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of guys that weren't playing that well, and I didn't really know a big chunk of our prospects and that. And I just kept asking, well, who is this Roussel? Yeah. Because he was literally in the middle of everything. I mean, he's a... Oh, he's a shit disturber of, of the highest order. And, and he's, he's all over the, um, map during games. Last night, I think, was very indicative of, of what he can provide because, uh, he, he's, he's a good enough skater and a smart enough player that you can play him straight up against the, uh, elite players in the league. Uh, he's got enough skills that when he does get a chance, he can do something with it. He's a physical bull, so he can play a, a, and handle himself. When he fights, there's no hanging on and tactical. I hate that modern tactical uh, little jabs with the the arm that's hanging onto a sweater. And yeah. that. he just it's old school. He stands back and just throws punches in the other guy's face. Last night, he wouldn't even quit. He had him uh, he had him lunch bag there for a while, and and then the linesman jumped in to try to save Shaw. And and they kept punching the linesman. I, I kidded them after the game. I said, "You fought Shaw and one of the linesmen last night." And I said, "I had you as two and all." Yeah, well, you know, uh, one of the the linesmen tied him up to the point where he couldn't punch, and he got punched. That was a that might have been better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I not know, a but, but he is he he was in Vancouver's organization, and I think early on he he had a problem with maybe taking too many undisciplined penalties in that, and he still walks that that line a bit, but he's gotten so much better at that. 
improved himself as a player. I think he's one of the the best uh, stories in the NHL. Well, it's bizarre to me because he's playing, you know, I saw his uh, penalty minutes. You know, if you look at his career stats through junior and all these different years, it's nothing eye-popping, but he's always nope. got a ton of penalty minutes. And I was thinking, this guy's got to be a monster. He's only six feet tall. I think he's under 200 pounds and he's playing like that. you got to have some real stones to play like that in the NHL. And he, and he's Justin. He's he's legitimately tough too. Like um, you know, Razor. Another uh, another couple players, uh, young guys you guys had there that I'm interested in hearing a little bit about is a uh, name I'm not familiar with is Cody Eakin, and he's a, he's a little bigger than Roussel, correct? Yeah, you know what? They're, they're a little bit similar in size. Uh, I think they're trying to figure out with with Eakin whether he's a, a number two center or or a three. Yeah, um, he's probably better suited to be a to be a three he can, he can check he's got great poise uh with the puck he's really competitive uh it was a good trade that was a good trade with with washington when uh you know joe newendike moved uh moved to get a, a center iceman he he was he thought he wanted a guy that had a little more uh grit and two-way um play and had his eye on on Eakin. you know gave up a really good player in order to to get him, but it was going to be an expiring contract, right? And and they weren't they weren't going to hang on um, onto Ribby, so uh, they made the move. And he's come in, and um, you know he's he's really competitive, skates well, and and seems to be improving by the the week. So he's another one of those core guys. Uh, with the stars that they're going to build around. Yeah, and I think another one of those guys is uh, Valerie Nachushkin, who I, I got to yeah. say, I mean, he's he's the most fun rookie in the league for me, entertainment-wise, because he can do it all. He, you well, know, I, I mean, offensively, I size, out, speed. I come out of games after watching him, and, and you have to remind yourself that he's 18. 18. You know, he's going to get bigger and he's going to get stronger, and already he when he grabs the puck and hangs onto it, nobody can get it away from him. He's, you know, he's got a few things to learn. He could have, he could have double-digit goals right now um, if if he knew how to finish. Yeah, and he, he, you know, he he's he's learning in the best league in on the planet. And some of the stuff that he used to be able to to do at will uh, in Russia, he, he can't get away with here. And and the other thing with him, Justin, is that although Sergey Gonchar has has not been good, uh, better lately, but his numbers just. Do do not correlate with a five million dollar player. Sure, uh, but to have his presence there for this kid, um, you know, just somebody that you can talk his native tongue with a little bit. And I've seen him help him on the ice from time to time, almost like a pseudo coach. Uh, it's that's been invaluable. This, this kid is going to be a superstar stud. Oh, he really is. He want, do you have a comparable play, for him? He wants to play in North America too. That's the thing. I mean, everyone worries about these Russians going back to the KHL, and they do have that option, but this kid wants to play over here and wants to be a star. Yeah, I mean, I I remember watching his highlights last year in the KHL and thinking, holy crap. And I, I think he probably fell to Dallas because of the whole, you know, fear of oh, a no Russian doubt. player leaving. So, I mean, what what a score. Uh, do, you, do you have an NHL comparable for him in the past? I, I kind of just briefly off the top of my head thought sort of a Yager type, bigger body, good, you know, smart player, or is that even remotely close? Yeah, he. I always, I always did with everyone. I'm like, if you just squint your eyes, like really squint them and and avert them every, every now and then, he's Evgeny Malkin. I think the uh, the main young guy that you've talked a little about, uh, Razor, there is uh, Mr. Tyler Sagan. He's obviously going to be the the core guy. How's yep. uh, what's going on with his uh, his concussion situation? How's is he coming back soon? Or well, the hope is that 
that he will uh, perhaps join them tomorrow here in Toronto. Oh wow! Uh, he he wasn't in Chicago, but uh, that was that was the hope anyway. Yeah. What do you think his uh, ceiling as a player is? What's that? What do you think his ceiling is as a player? Do you think he can be a consistent point per game guy? Do you think he's a top ten scoring type of guy? Oh yeah. You know what? He, he, I think the the change, uh, the trade, matured him a little bit. Um, and realizing that that he, he gets a fresh start in Dallas, it's probably infinitely easier for him to just play the game and be Tyler Sagan more so than what it was in Beantown. And yeah. uh, he and Jamie Benn have have clicked uh, both on and off the ice. Uh, you know, both of them got smacked in the face pretty good by by Hockey Canada in the summer by not being invited to the to the camp. Well, what's going and on with that? Is that I mean, is Jamie Benn not going to go? How is that possible? I, I think he is now. I, you know, obviously they 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 had some questions for whatever reasons, and and uh, he wasn't invited to the little ball hockey tournament in Western Canada, and <laughs> and uh, I, I think his play though over the first couple of months has certainly at least put him back into the conversation. If not, okay, he looks like a guy that we could use on left wing. Yeah, I think maybe one of the biggest questions from a uh, just a, a player standpoint would be: Does he skate well enough to play on on the big ice over there? But and you would understand this as well. He, there there are some guys who skate pretty, and then there are other guys that just have what I used to refer to as loose puck speed. They just get and there. And if there's a loose puck, they'll find a way to get there and win the puck. And Jamie, I, I think, has that. You know, it's never going to look exotic and 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 pretty. But at the same time, he gets around the rink uh, with his stride, and I don't think that would be a liability over there. Well, and I think, personally, I think it's a common misconception that the idea that you need to be a great skater to play in the big ice, because so much of it is positional play and just being in the right place. And, you know, if you're a smart player, and and Jamie is that, on top of being a bull, I think personally think he'd be a good fit. I just can't imagine what the issues were that they're not inviting, they didn't invite him to that, as you put it, ball hockey tournament. When they have guys, you know, Brad Marchand's there. And like, you're not going to even take Jamie Ben. What could the questions about this guy been? Yeah, I, Just the I don't know. I mean, that's that, that's their decision. They got yeah. a lot of hockey players they could they could choose from. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Know, for that team, but I, I think the play that of both Sagan and and Ben has at least elevated them back up to where they were viewed uh, a few years ago. And Tyler. Uh, watching him conduct himself when we went back into Boston was impressive. So yeah, well, he's uh, certainly I think, I think he's trial by fire, trial by fire with some of these yep. guys. Yep. Um, how's Ben doing as a, as a captain? I mean, it's it's tough to give a young guy a, a C, but is he able to uh, play the role of leader well there? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I think it's been like a growth hormone for him. I, he really wanted it, and uh, there's a different seriousness about him since he uh, was you know, uh, awarded the, the captaincy and, and takes it over from, from Brendan Morrill. They're probably similar type leaders. Uh, Jamie doesn't do a lot of talking, but Stefan Robita told me that when he does talk, he says the right things. That's important. And, and he, you know, he said there, he's played under captains before that just talk. And at the end of it, you're kind of looking at one another like, what did he just say? 
And with Jamie, he's usually on the mark when he does open his mouth. And night after night, he's been he's been consistent and found a way to impact the game. So I, I think he's been terrific. Yeah, I think that's a common problem for guys in the dressing room. I think the the rumor that you always hear is, is Dion Phaneuf. Is uh, you know every time he pipes up, guys are looking at each other, going, "Jesus Christ, <laughs> this guy's talking again." So. That's good to hear you saying the right things. Um, two two more questions before uh, we let you get back to uh, to your life there. Uh, one is about my my old college uh, nemesis, uh, Alex Goligoski. I personally think he's a he's an amazing talent and can be a great player. He's gone through some ups and downs in his time in Dallas. Where do you see him in his career? Do you think he's going to be a better player than he is now, or is this his ceiling? Well, it's it's been a weird journey for him right uh i i think when he came in with that trade and the success of the guys going the other direction you know james neal was immediately a 40 goal guy niskanen refound his game again in pittsburgh it uh you know it got alex probably chasing things a little bit uh you know the the team itself uh, was struggling uh the, i don't know that the x's and o's were in place all the time uh, he's had what three three coaches in in four or five years in Dallas, yeah. so there have been lots of system changes in that, and his confidence got rattled. There's no question about that. He just looked like a shell of the guy that first arrived. He was really good that that first year. People forget how good he was uh, when Mark Crawford was coaching the team. Uh, that that first year, the final you know twenty five games or whatever it was, he was he was excellent. Mm-hmm. And then it 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 just seemed to uh, his confidence eroded. Uh, he eight minuses. He didn't produce as as much. But when you watch him, he's, what what Lindy Ruff has done is he's paired him with uh, with Trevor Daly, and the two of them both skate really well and and handle the puck. And you can see his confidence starting to to build again. Uh, where he ends up, uh, how high up, if he can. You know he's not a really big guy, so he's he's never going to be able to um, take his game to that level or in that direction. But uh, I I can see him starting to show some signs of what he was when he first came from from Pittsburgh, which is really good news for the Dallas Stars. Yeah, you know I'm I'm just looking up and down the roster here, and um, I've even a lot of the hockey games I've watched. We talked about how Antoine Roussel is actually you know he's a shit disturber, but he's also a quality player for that team. Guys like Eakin, you're saying good things about even Ryan Garbett. When I watch the Dallas Stars play, I notice him being involved. Um, you know, you take a look at the decor. Jordy Ben is a good, young, talented player. Brendan Dillon is underrated. Stefan Robidoux is probably underrated too. What, what is this team missing? Why do you think that this team is not one of the upper echelon teams? Well, it's, it's probably the the way the defense has has performed. That and you know, getting Lindy Ruff. Uh, in, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you know, nothing against my dog. I agree that that it was too rich for him. Uh, you know, he'd never been an NHL assistant coach. And, you know, when you get a guy in behind the, the bench that's seen it all, done it all, and, and can put things in their proper perspective and place and push people and, and have that confidence, I think it changes a little bit. But everybody looks at, at Dallas's decor, and they have some really good young prospects coming. That'll allow this team to maybe jump uh, a little bit. But they're, they're getting sensational mileage out of these young guys, though, Justin. Yeah. When no. you, I uh, mean, when you when you think of, like, Chason, Eakin, uh, Dylan, Roussel, you're talking about guys that are third, fourth, sixth, and seventh in scoring, and all of them are making under 900 grand. Yeah, not bad. 
Yeah. Yeah, I saw the the team is actually I think nineteenth uh, in the NHL in payroll. They're way down there, and they they do seem to have some some real quality talent on the roster. Um, and the last question I have for you is actually involving one of the guys who has the most talent. It's Kari Lettinen. Um, you know, he's just proven himself to be an elite goaltender. He's you know a nine two eight save percentage with a two point two two goals against this year. He's making five point nine through twenty eighteen. I don't know if you saw today, uh, Henrik Lundqvist signed that massive contract. Yeah. So all of a sudden, does that Lettinen deal looks pretty darn good, doesn't it? It it does, and he's their best player. I mean, he, making in the $6 million range on this team, and he earned every bit of it uh, at the UC last night. He He's he's much better than what he's perceived league-wide. But again, you know, it's it's like Jamie Benn. It's like the, the guys that have been in Dallas the last four or five years. They haven't been a playoff team. Uh, as you mentioned, they haven't been on, on national TV a lot because of that and because of the state of the organization. Uh, so they're, they're underappreciated, and, and Kari's certainly in that department. He, when the, the list came out and they had him at 19th or 20th in the league, it was, it was shocking. I mean, if you watch him like I do every night, uh, there's an appreciation for just how talented he is. He's been his sanity at times because he gets injured, um, and he's trying to put that behind him. Uh, but he still ends up with with uh, little nagging injuries that cost him some time. And then the other part is when they've really needed him to be a difference maker in the spring. I think he's had uh, that try too hard syndrome going. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and you can't fault the guy. He, he wants desperately to get this team into the playoffs. But by trying too hard, he's actually become, uh, at times, just an average goaltender when they need him to be superb. Yeah. You know, it's weird because he'll be, he'll be phenomenal all year long and then late. And some people say, well, he's, we've worn out, he's this and I don't think it's that. I think he's just tried too hard instead of just relax and, and play his game. Um, but last night was a great example of just how the guy can steal a, a game night after night. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the the team is doing pretty darn well. They're 13-9-4, which is not that unimpressive when you consider the amount of turnover from coaches to roster and, this year. So, and, and tons of games on the road, too. You know, they, they've only played a smattering of games at home. They've, a lot of this has been done away from home, and... Uh, yeah, you're right, Justin. I think you got a good read on it. The, the 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 positives are starting to stack up a little bit. There has to be some patience involved, but uh, you you can truly see light at the end of the tunnel in Dallas. So. Yeah, they certainly uh, it certainly feels that way just from a public perception on the outside. They they you know come across your desk a little bit more on the outside world of the Dallas Stars, which is a good thing. So, um, hey, we really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, what's your what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Razor Five Hole. At Razor Five Hole. So you can follow him there, and I very much recommend you do. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today, sir. Thanks for the Twitter bump, buddy. <laughs> no problem. And that was Daryl Ray, who uh, had a lot of great insight on the Dallas Stars. But one thing we didn't get to talk too much about was the actual Henrik Lundqvist signing. So uh, we decided to call our uh, correspondent from New York, Dave Lozo. Mr. Lozo, how are you today? I'm really good, Justin. How are you? I'm really swell. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I mean, look, I'm a really busy man, but for you, I'm willing to put aside watching the uh, World Poker Tour thing I'm watching right now for a few minutes. <laughs> to talk to well, I really, really do appreciate it. Um, so you obviously saw the deal today. Henrik Lundqvist, seven years, $8.5 million per. I believe that adds up to $59.5 million. What's, uh, what's your initial take? Good deal? Bad deal? I mean, it's... It, to, to quote the the great philosopher Todd Bertuzzi, it, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's 
it's too much money, it's too many years, but it's exactly what Henrik Lundqvist would probably get, if not less than what he would get if he hit the free agent market. And so you're not outraged? Have, you don't think they're handicapped but, by this deal? I mean, uh, the, the cap's, the cap's going to be going up, so it's not as though they're going to have a hard time signing. They had to sign Guardian and, and uh, Callahan after the season. I mean, they'll have money for that, especially if they want to buy out Brad Richards. Like, that won't be a problem. It's just... You know, the, the 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 deal, the back end of the deal, I mean, the, the thing is, is that it's a huge deal, but there's no other options for them. The free agents out there are, are, are Halak, you know, Ryan Miller, yeah. uh, Jonas Hiller. I mean, what are you going to do? So, you know, Lundqvist kind of had all the power in the situation. But, yeah, I, the, the one thing you have to worry about is the back end of the deal because I think it's the final four years of the deal. He'll be 35 or older, and goalies just don't age well. So, yeah, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's, prob- it's probably going to be bad long term, but... What are you going to do? Yeah, they kind of were in a situation where, like you said, Lundqvist is going to walk as a UFA. You have to re-sign someone. You need a starting goalie. But you watched him for years there in New York. I know he's played a lot of games. Do you think he? How long do you think he can be elite for? Uh, I don't. (laughs) I mean, the way the way he plays, he's. He's got that Dominic Hasek kind of quality to him where he doesn't really play like any other goaltender. He kind of sits back and he kind of he's deep in the crease and he kind of has like a different style. He's not crazy like Hasek, but he kind of has a unique style sort of. So I, it's hard to it's hard to guess how that's going to age. But I think the real concern is he had his, he had his four best seasons under John Tortorella who would, uh, according to my sources, um, kill people if they didn't block shots. So right, right, kind of right. A, there's an incentive to do that. And now under Elaine Vigneault, the defense, it's a, it's a little more ragged, it's a little more loose, and he's, he kind of looks like his old self, which was always very good. It's not like he was a bad goaltender before John Sparterelli got there. So I think if he's playing in the right system, he could age very well. But if, if this is like the beginning of the end, I, I can't imagine what it's going to look like when he's 35, 36. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't believe it's the beginning of the end, and I don't know how many people do. But I, I do think that the biggest thing that we hear people saying is that goalies don't age well. But I'm wondering if there's not some, you know, I wrote a little bit this morning about how players are better longer these days just based on new, you know knowledge of nutrition and training and all those sort of things. And if he is, I don't want to say he plays more reserved, but like you said, he plays deeper. He doesn't play an overly energetic style. I, I'm sort of of the mind that, uh, you know, if he's good for for a decent amount of time it's not too bad a deal uh, I know there's a lot of outrage out there for these goalies but as always Dave Lozo thank you for your insight why don't you share your Twitter handle with everyone oh my my Twitter handle coincidentally is my name which is Dave Lozo oh it's cool clever, I think. well I, yeah. I also recommend yeah. to people out there that you follow Dave uh, Lozo he is the national lead writer for Bleacher Report so you, you gotta get that information while it's hot <laughs> sorry Dave oh, thanks buddy I, <laughs> I miss you So this has been the Backhand Shelf Podcast. Thank you very much to Daryl Ray and Dave Lozo. My name is Justin Bourne. You can follow me on Twitter, at JT Bourne. So until next week, folks, we'll see you then. Hey, if you got something to say, send us an email. Backhandshelf at thescore.com. Backhand Shelf.